Okay, welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to the We're Having a Good Time podcast. My name is Dusty Slay, and I'm your host, and I'm here with my wife and co-host, Hannah Hogan. Hi. We don't want to start every episode now talking about our baby, so we're just going to start off by saying, since today is the due date, that we don't have a baby yet. Well, I have one, but it's still inside me. Yes. I mean, Hannah is still pregnant. And, um, so the baby's due today, but we figured by our calculations, this is our loose calculations that we made. We figured. I love making calculations. Yeah. We figured that the baby is, they probably predicted us about a week early. That's what I think. So, you know, we're no doctors here, but I also don't know where doctors just get the idea that they're like, oh. We checked you out here, and we can tell you're going to be due on this date. Well, who knows more about our marital bed than me and you? Well, exactly. That's what I'm saying. But it's like, you know, they act like they have this test that they can take, and they just, you know, take the test on you, and they go, okay, it says here that you're going to be due June 15th. And then if you come after, the baby comes after, they go, well, the baby was late. The baby was late according to who? According to the doctor who made a guesstimation. Mm Mm-hmm. You know, so I feel good about it. I like where things are at. Um, And, you know, my mom's in town visiting. She's come up. They got quite a uh, they got quite a situation going on. Uh, My mom is in the process of my sister in uh, lives in another part of Tennessee. And she just. Her and her husband just bought a new house and they bought a bigger house Um with the plan that their son lives with them. So they have, that's two bedrooms and they wanted to have my mom come live with them, which I'm in favor of. I like it because my mom will be a little closer to me. Um, and, uh, she'll have some, you know, she's getting older, so she'll have some people to stay with, but it's my last connection to Opelika, which makes me a little sad because all my family will be, will be gone from Opelika. And it's like, last time I was back, I hung out with some buddies, um, you know, because they're they're there. So we all hung out and 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 my buddy shed in his backyard. Uh, and it was a great time. I also went to a cigar bar there in downtown Opelika with a friend. So that's kind of my last connection. But my mom wants to sell and move up to Tennessee with them. So um, but um, also my nephew and his wife and their kid live there in town, not in the house, but they live in the same town as my sister. And so now my stepniece and her two kids have moved up to that town too. And but currently they're living in the house. So the house is very crowded right now, even though they bought quite a spacious place. It's pretty crowded. And uh one of my stepniece's kids is my mom's step great grandson that she's, you know, raised and is kind of like, you know, kind of her kid in a way. The mama had some, some criminal. Yeah, she had some issues she at had the some beginning. Jail time uh, yeah, yeah. When at the, the little be- boy was young, so when he was a baby. Yeah, she did a little jail time, and for a couple of years, she's and, out though. Praise God. Yeah, and my mom took care of the kid. You know, so my mom really formed a connection with him. But we had my mom come up to hang out with us to, uh, you know, help with Daisy just in case we go into 
labor. We're on baby watch right now. So my uh, the gra- little boy, the little boy, uh, he didn't have anywhere to go. So my brother-in-law took him to work with him. He works in an office basically all alone where nobody comes. And we just got word that the day he took the little boy to work with him, two people from the corporate office showed up down there. So we don't know what's going on with that, but that's too bad. <laughs> you know what I mean? I hope nothing bad happens because that'd be a real bummer. But they got a lot going on down there. You know, everybody's working. Daycare is expensive. It's a lot's happening. Yeah. She's already got one baby in daycare, two two kids in daycare. It's like, why are you even working? You're just working yeah. for daycare. And see, the little boy's in kindergarten now. So during school, he's able to go in there. But... So that's what's happening here. We're just hanging out, you know, hoping Hannah has a baby anytime. And uh, I've been, you know, building things. I've been getting into, did we talk about, uh, we talked about electroculture? Yeah, we talked about the last. Yeah, so I've been building some copper antennas out for the backyard. Copper's been just arriving at our house at an alarming rate. Yeah, we're drinking. Just more and more copper is showing up in Amazon boxes and you know, I'm drinking out of a copper mug right now. I got a copper watering can for the flowers. We got stuff coming up. We got peppers growing. We got some jalapenos growing. We got uh, tomato blooms. We got cucumbers growing. We got grapes growing, beans growing, strawberries growing. Um, the copper is flowing. The copper's flowing. The we got, plants are growing. My, we have a cherry tree growing, but the, the rabbits really got after it. So I had to build, I built, I put um, just some mesh around it, but somehow they were still getting under that mesh to get in there and eat that cherry tree leaves. So we're down to three leaves and uh, I got it covered though. I think it's all good now. So I had to build a new box. I got a lot of garden beds going now. And it's great. I love the way the backyard's shaping up. After we got that fence, if you listen to the fence drama, you know that went down. And now that's all good. Me and the neighbors there, we're all good. I mean, even our daughter knows the neighbor's name and yells his name out when she sees him. She don't know a lot of people. You know, she does know a lot of people's names at this point, but like... There's not a lot of people she just points at and goes, that's that person. But it's Jerry, mom. Yeah, she does that with our neighbor, Jerry. She goes, it's Jerry. (laughs) It's like (laughs) she's met Jerry, of course, but there's really no reason for her to just be like, hey, that's Jerry. Uh, But she does. And me and Jerry are back to, you know, back to where we've always been and even a better place, you know, Um you know, stuff like, you know, I was out in the yard the other day, not paying attention. Jerry goes, is it hot enough for you? And that's right where we want to be. You know, that is where I like to be with Jerry. You know what I mean? <laughs> I think that's where you want to be with just about everybody. Yeah. I mean, that is the place I like to be. Like, yeah, Jerry, it is hot enough for me. And I appreciate you asking. I like the heat. I'm a big fan of it. And um, let's not get any deeper than that, man. That's what I'm looking for. Let's yeah. just talk about the weather. Although this this guy is probably in his 60s, late 60s, no, you think? No, honey, he's in his late 70s. His late 70s. Mm-hmm. Wow. Okay. Mm-hmm. And his wife, I don't think she's that old, but uh, what, early 70s? She is about 15 years younger than him. Okay. 
So they're hanging out. They came over for uh, Daisy's birthday, um, you know, a while back. And, and you know, we didn't have a – we don't have a lot of uh, friends that have babies our age, you know. So it was really mostly adults here for Daisy's birthday. And uh, and then Hannah asked our 70-year-old neighbors if they smoke weed <laughs> and uh, oh, yeah. it was just so funny, but, but, you know, in Hannah's defense, they do drink a lot and they go to casinos all the time. Yeah. So she was just kind of feeling them out, but it was yeah. just so funny. That's like, it's all people our age. It's all people 30, 40 years old at the house. And then this 70 year old couple and Hannah's like, do you guys smoke weed? And uh, I wasn't even saying it like because I got a joint. Right. Because, you know, I don't smoke weed, but I was just kind of. I was just trying to think of stuff to say. I know. I know. And it was funny. But it it, 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 it was a little bit. But it always pop. comes back to me, you know, because it's <laughs> like they go, no, do you? And Hannah's <laughs> like, no. <laughs> and then they look at me and they're like, do you? And I'm like, jeez, this is a weird spot to be in. And you're like, yeah, I do drugs. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right now, my daughter's birthday party. <laughs> uh, so uh, it put me in such a weird spot. Yeah. Because, um, yeah, I mean, I'm just hanging out. We're all just eating cakes, singing happy birthday. It's a good time. <laughs> Jerry grills out about every day. And like I say, Jerry's a, you know, a, a 70, late 70s-year-old man. And he, he grills all the time. So then I'm grilling hamburgers and Jerry's standing next to me. That's a lot of pressure. Mm -hmm. I'm like, this is a guy that grills out every day. Mm -hmm. I only grill for the family. I don't even know if I'm doing it right. I'm just like. You're not a lot of the time. <laughs> I'm just like. You need a meat thermometer. Yeah. I mean, that's debatable. But, you know, um, we've had some, you know, we had some issues where I take some steaks that are like thicker than some others and I'll cook them and I go, these seem good. And then we cut them open and they're real raw. And I know people do like steak like that. And I used to like it like that, but I don't trust this meat like I used to. So um, I like to cook it a little bit. I don't want it well, but I don't want blood pouring out of it when I cut through it, you know. And I know people do like that. I went to, uh, when I sold pesticides, we went to uh, uh, eat with a new guy one time, my boss and me and a guy that was going to be working for me. Um, we all went to like Outback and the guy was like, that we all ordered steaks and the guy, they go, how you want it? That guy goes, as rare as you can possibly get it. So they brought him, I mean, it looked like basically a raw steak mm. and it felt like that guy regretted saying what he said. I hope he did. Because when it came, he was like, oh, I didn't know you'd be able <laughs> to do I it. Now I have like to eat this. Yeah, he's like, I didn't know you'd be able to do it like that. And uh, he he didn't eat as much of his steak as I ate of mine because, you know, people act like, oh, if you don't get your steak rare, uh, you're not a man. You know yeah. what I mean? Or you don't know how to eat steak or whatever. And it's like, I don't know. You know, I just eat food the way I like to eat it. There's so much pressure on men to eat their steak right or people start calling them names. Yeah. And then like hamburgers too. Like people like to get like a medium rare hamburger. I'm like, no, thank you. I don't want no red and ground beef. Maybe a little pink in there. That's okay. But no red up in there. Mm -hmm. 
I mean, I was at a, uh, we, me and Hannah were at a Mexican restaurant one time and I was eating a ground beef taco and about halfway through. I was like, half the meat was raw. Ugh, I almost threw up right there in the, <sighs> in the restaurant. I didn't know that happened. <laughs> yeah, it did happen. Oh, gosh. We, li- we were living in Hendersonville. I threw up when we got back to the house. Holy crap, man. <laughs> yeah. I forget some, I got, I forget a lot of stuff. Yeah. Me and Hannah, one time we stopped at this like roadside restaurant. We were eating bad. We were working a lot of gigs and this was very early on in our relationship and we were eating pretty bad most of the time, but we stopped at this one restaurant and it was a little rundown of a place, but we got ourselves a steak and some other food. And then we were driving, we got back in the car and we're driving and we got into a fight about something or whatever. And Hannah was like, we got to start eating better. And I'm like, well, to a lot of people, what we just had was a steak dinner. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, ungrateful Canadian. Yeah. I mean, come on. Yeah, that's true. Um, yeah. But, but, you know, so. Um, oh, OK. So. Janie and Jerry over here and um, I say something stupid and make yeah. it awkward. Well, I wouldn't say you said anything stupid. I mean, I, I don't I don't. It was just kind of like it was just like funny. You're just making conversation. Yeah. But, and, and, it, and it got us to all thinking about kind of uh, f- uh, sticking your foot in your mouth kind of conversations. And like me and Hannah were like and, um, you know, maybe you have a couch like this and uh, it's OK if you do. But I'm just going to tell you, me and Hannah, you know, we were couch shopping for a while and Hannah would really make fun of these kind of like TV room couches where it's like just a big kind of fluffy leather couch. And then it'll have the console, the console in the middle uh, drinks where built you, get, into where you it. got like, uh, co- you know, drink holders and everything built in and kind of like it's like definitely set up for TV watching. Just sitting on your ass, American television watching TV kind of sofas. Yeah. And see, I was looking at those and I thought that console was like built in. I thought it was two chairs connected to a center console. So, you know, we looked at several like furniture stores and Hannah was always making fun of those. She's just talking about how much she hates them. I just think they're ugly. And what I imagined in my head, what they actually were, I hated them too, because I just feel like it's like, it's such a chair like designed to just sit right in front of the TV, just so you can be like, all right, I'm in this chair. I'm watching TV now. You know, like we're, we... At our house, we have like this kind of bonus room above the garage. So we set our TV up in there. And then our living room uh, is, um, we don't have a TV in there. So when people come over, that's usually where we sit. And we just sit and talk to each other. And it's really great. I've never had a room like that. And I think it's awesome because there's no temptation to cut the TV on because it's not down there. But these couches just feel like it's totally like, all right, I'm watching TV. I'm in front of. I'm in my chair. Anyway, so we're at my sister's house, and I don't know why I'm talking about this, but I'm just talking about my sister and Hannah are sitting on a couch, and they're sitting on either end of the couch. The middle of the couch is empty, and I'm talking to my sister and brother-in-law about these couches 
that Hannah hates and that can't Hannah is always making fun of. And I'm telling her that. And right when I'm done telling her, my sister reaches up to the middle of the couch and pulls down the center part to reveal that she has that kind of couch. And I was like, oh, gosh. <laughs> and so I'm just like, oh, man, I've just like really trashed these couches that my sister has. And then uh, and the thing is, the whole time you were talking, I knew I was sitting on this couch. <laughs> I knew it was a console theater sofa. Like I, I even knew she had one when I was trash talking it in, uh, you know, uh, furniture stores. I don't, I don't care if you have one yourself, if that's your taste and that's your vibe. I just think it's ugly and I'm, I'm, I'm an American. I have a right to that opinion. Yeah. Well, uh, so we d did that. And then I start backtrack and trying to cut now in in my defense that this morning that morning that we went there i woke up i was very sick my stomach was hurting real bad i don't know what was happening to me you had a big thanksgiving yeah i had a thanksgiving on thursday and then we had an extra day friday i went to the waffle house and chick-fil-a and then we um on saturday we're going to my sister's house to celebrate thanksgiving with with them different side of the family um so I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm a type of fan. I have the type of family tree where my sister is a different side of my family. Um, so, um, I woke up and I just felt so sick. My, my stomach hurt so bad. Hannah had gone to the store and bought me all these things, you know, different kind of like stomach medications, even a little CBD. Um, and then we, we, I managed to pull it together to make it down there, but I didn't eat all day. And, you know, Weed can help with stomach problems. A lot of people on medical marijuana uh, are on it for various stomach reasons. It can help with an appetite. It can help with nausea. It just seems to help the stomach. And um, I'm hanging out there, and I see my nephew and his wife out back smoking weed. They didn't tell me, but they were out back smoking weed. So I just popped out there, and I took one or two little puffs and my stomach started to feel better like immediately I was able to eat a little something and I just came to life at the party and I you know and I'm just hanging out and now I'm really talking I'm chatty now yeah and that's when I start going into the couch thing I'm just yeah. making jokes and come to life to throw your wife under the bus <laughs> yes um so uh so that's what happened. Mm -hmm. I blame my nephew's drugs. Mm -hmm. I've done, I've done, I've done stuff like that before. People in my life seem to think I'm that girl that's always saying stupid stuff and putting my foot in my mouth. But when push comes to shove, nobody can list anything more than maybe three or four stories, which might be a lot. Well, I don't, yeah, I mean, I don't think that you do that in particular. I do think. Uh, that glasses store. Sometimes you'll say things where I'm like, oh, uh, <laughs> where am I? Don't say that. You know what I mean? <laughs> do you, 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 sometimes well, your wife says things and you're like, oh, maybe that's not the right expression. But where I'm like, Ugh, like, no, 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 no. Yeah, that kind of thing. 
but like, you know, my neighbor did this the other day. I, we had a we had a neighborhood party uh, that we went to over the weekend. Was this over the weekend? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So our, our our neighborhood that we live in, we have a homeowners association, which was a sh- real shocking revelation to a lot of Nate Land listeners. Um, but I, I we do have one. And there was a, they're doing a party. They, they said they used to do parties, but they had not done one since I've lived here. So I wanted to go. So me and Hannah and Daisy went, but we, you know, we text all our neighbors because on our little cul-de-sac here, we actually hang out with a lot of neighbors. Some, one of our neighbors has a kid a little older than Daisy. The rest of the neighbors have, you know, older kids, but like, you know, five, six, eight, nine years old. And uh, so we're pretty tight out here. Uh, my and one of my neighbors has a a backyard bar with TVs and a deck and everything all set up back there. And during COVID, when we were shut down, I mean, I really hung out with him a ton because we'd just sit outdoors on that deck and just have cigars. And he would drink, and we would watch TV and uh, just hang out. So it was really great. Um, but that guy was at the party, and I got to talking to this other couple. You know. Uh, the the you know the couple was like the dude was fairly slim and then and then his wife was you know a little larger i wouldn't say she's like fat but she's you know a little larger and uh we're playing we're playing cornhole out there we're having a good time and my other neighbor walks up and we're talking and i'm telling the, this couple i'm pointing to Hannah and i'm going that's my wife over there and he goes she's pregnant she's not fat and I'm like, oh, gosh, it's like the lady here is kind of overweight. I'm like, that just made me so uncomfortable. It was like, oh, jeez, you know right. what I mean? Right. And uh, yeah, I mean, and Hannah did something similar to that one time in uh, I was getting some glasses. And the lady that I was talking to, I got glasses on this day, and I think they wrote down my um, date of birth wrong. I think they wrote 92 instead of 82. Because I was talking to the first lady and and I was ta- I was telling her about something and she goes, Oh, you're too young for that. And I was like, What? I'm thinking, I'm 40 years old. How? She was maybe 50. I'm like, come on. Uh, and and then uh and then the doctor started making those comments too. And I'm like, I'm four, you know, I think I finally said, I'm 40 years old. I don't know what you guys are talking about. <laughs> and he goes, oh, I think we wrote your date of birth down wrong. But so we're getting talking to the lady that's uh, giving me my frames. And she's a pretty big lady, uh, but she was nice. And we were talking and she recognized my voice. And then she realized that she had heard me on Sirius XM, like on the comedy channels. And she had never seen me before. And she was like, uh you know, she was like, I, I, you're not, I, I don't know if she said you're not what I thought you'd look like or something like that. Is that what she said? Yeah. And then Hannah's like, yeah, a lot of people think he's like fat or something. <laughs> and it's just like, this lady is pretty big. And it's just like, oh, God. The second I said it, I was just like, oh, gosh, Hannah. Yeah. Because you just can't point out, you can't say fat around a fat person. You just, but you just best to not say it. Well, it just nowadays it's like I don't know. I just think our food is so bad that we're like everybody's a little overweight yeah. now, and it's just like yeah. Yeah, yeah, we're yeah. just being poisoned to death. And yeah. also, we do have so much. Like it is like today, I went to we went and got a hamburger, and you know we got Daisy one. She didn't eat hers, so it's like I ate mine and then I ate hers. 
Yeah, and I mean, it's like today I see I have a double chin, and then also later today I told I I admitted to Dusty that he's gained weight. Yeah, we're all getting fat. (laughs) Yeah, so it's like it's so easy if you don't just stay on it all the time, it really can just creep right up on you. Yes. Um, Yeah. But um. But we're just putting our foot in our mouth. I do do it. I, I think a lot of times it's it's like the nervous. Like some people when they're nervous, they don't talk. And then some people when they're nervous, they do talk. And so I think I talk when I'm nervous. And so I just think, oh, well, if I say something and it kind of breaks the ice, like, you know, that kind of thing. Like just kind of yeah. say something and just see where it goes. And, and yeah, I would say most of the time that that's pretty effective. But, yeah, some of the time it's just a little too edgy and they're not ready for it. And then I'm also, you know, don't think too well uh, before I say it. Yeah. And there's another neighbor and his wife and their kids that were at the, um, oh, that were at the, um, uh, the party too. And this neighbor, uh, during COVID, he would like ride his bike around with this little boy on the back of it. The little boy was, you know, he's a bit older than Daisy, maybe two years older than her. And then, or maybe not even that much older. It doesn't matter. And uh, and then they have another baby who's going to be a little older than our other baby. And the guy recognized me from comedy and, uh, you know, talked about wanting to try comedy or something and wanting to um, uh, write some, get together and talk some jokes or something. And I thought that'd be great because he lives in the neighborhood, be cool to hang out. But, you know, the thing about it is I just don't really hang out a lot. So he gave me his card with his number on it, and then I never called. And it's not because I don't want to hang out with a guy, but I'm just like, for the most part, I'm on the road so much that when I'm home, I like to be home. I like to hang out, hang out with my wife and my daughter, and you know, I'm into that. So when I'm home, unless I'm doing comedy, I usually don't hang out at all. So we didn't, we never hung out, and then it just seems like. Uh, I'll see him around and it was, it was fine for a long time. But then Hannah said something to him one day. I don't, I don't know. We don't know exactly what it was that she said, but she said something like, you guys should get together, write some jokes or something like that. And it just made it weird. I think it made him feel like I had been making fun of him to Hannah or something. And then now he doesn't really talk to me. He's not mad at me, but I we don't talk the same. Well, my theory is, is, you know, when you're trying to make friends, like when you're just like a person and you're like, oh, in my case, making girlfriends, in your case, making guy friends, it's kind of hard. You know, you can put yourself out there, but you just don't always know if people are in the vibe to make a friend, you know? And so if you kind of are like, I like that person, I'd like to be friends with them and you kind of... You know, you kind of try to get in there a bit, but it's sort of awkward because you don't always know how to do it. And then it's and then it's not always, you know, received and you can really take it personally. But a lot of the time it's just who knows? A lot yeah. of times it's just a person is oblivious or is lazy or is depressed or is, uh, you know, doesn't know how to hang out or maybe they don't like you. But there could be all kinds of reasons. So I just think maybe the guy felt somewhat embarrassed that he had put himself out there, giving you his card. And then he thought maybe, oh, it's so stupid that I would ask a professional comedian to hang out. He doesn't have time for me. You know, that kind of thing. You know, when really it's just like, he's a perfectly nice man. 
They seem like a lovely family and it's just not been able to happen. Yeah, exactly. Hey, I have an email here. I, I, I responded to this guy. I emailed him back and I've not heard from him since I emailed him. I, but he's a listener of the podcast, I believe. And um, he sent me this email and then I responded to him and I want to just get your thoughts on it. So I'm going to read the email. Hey, Dusty, I love your comedy and your podcast. I found you on Nateland and been closely following you since. My question to you is, how could I start a comedy career at 30 with three kids and a wife that stays at home? I am the main breadwinner and run my own business. However, I have always been great at hosting live events and keeping people entertained and thought I might try my hand at comedy. Given my situation, what would you suggest and do you think someone at my age and situation should pursue a career in comedy? Love the podcast and thank you for what you do. And I basically said, I, if you care about your family, I don't know how you're going to do it. Yeah. I mean, because, and I can only speak from my own process, uh, which was basically from... Um, you know, 2012 to, you know, I don't know, now uh, just devote myself to the job of comedy. Now, I don't feel like I've, I'm so devoted now, like I'm still in, but now I feel like things are like set up to happen. Like I got somebody booking my gigs. All I got to do is stay on top of my comedy and be working, you know? But it's like, you know, when I moved to Nashville to start working in comedy, I, I lived, my car was paid off. I lived in an attic apartment for $250 a month. I had no one to support except for myself. Uh, so my total bills were maybe, maybe 500 a month. And which was great because I was making almost no money. For a long time. And I don't know how, if you're a father of three and your wife stays at home, that you suddenly, because just the time it takes to get good at comedy, either you spread that out over a long period of time of you doing one or two open mics a week, or you start going to the mics every night. You know, it's like, I don't know how you do that. I mean, if you're a comic that hates their family, or if you're a person that hates their family and just looking for a reason to get out of the house, you can go do open mics every night, depending on where you live. I just don't know how it happens. And I basically said that in the email, depending on where you live, I don't know where you live, maybe LA, maybe Chicago, maybe New York, you can pop out, do a bunch of open mics. But depending on where you live, this is very difficult to do. And it's not your age. Because I didn't really start working the road until 32. Yeah, 30's young. Yeah, so it's not your age. It's the situation. Yeah. Depending on how flexible your business is, you know, it's like, you know. My thinking is for someone in his position is it's not impossible, but it's not going to be the same kind of route that you took where you could kind of just be on your own and uh, poor for several years and you don't have anyone to protect except for yourself. I would think for him, this is what I would do. If you're like, at least I want to give it a shot for a couple of years. I will buy camera and um, microphones and I would uh, record every single set that you do live and then cut them up, put them on the internet 
and see if you can also be funny on the internet. Like, you know, like hope that one of your clips goes viral and then you can kind of jumpstart a fan base. And then if you have a, you know, and then, so if you go viral, whether it's personality sketches that you do on, on the internet or just from a really funny joke that you, um, record and then post online, then you can get a following and kind of go from there. You know, that to me, that seems like his best shot, you know, because you're not going to just be able to jump into gigs. And then even if you are, they're not going to be paying very well. So you're not going to probably be able to support your family the way you can with whatever job you have now. I mean, there's a big leap in comedy when it comes to pay. I mean, you are making virtually nothing for a long time, depending on the situation. I mean, you could get hooked up with a headliner and opening for him on the road, but even those gigs in particular are not high paying gig. It's at that point, it will be quantity. The amount of gigs you would do with that person, that's how you would make money. But I think- what you're saying is a great idea, Hannah. Yeah, right. Like just record everything. Get yourself at least a 4K camcorder. Get yourself the equipment. Make sure your audio looks good. Make sure your uh, you have a computer at home that you can edit. And Rode Microphones makes a yep. great wireless microphone that you can hook to your camera and hook to your lapel. I think they're 200 bucks for that. I mean, I bet. 1500 bucks if you could invest get yourself a camera and the road mics um that's that's what you need yeah because i mean we know people Maybe that not even 1500 you know would be 12. doing comedy for a very short amount of time and then just go super viral and yeah. i mean that's the good thing about comedy well there's many good things about comedy these days but one of them is you know gatekeepers can truly be eliminated when you have a fan base. So, you know, if what you just want to do is do comedy and have people come out to your show and sell tickets so that you can, you know, put food on the table for your family, then that's, you just got to get, you got to get to the internet. You got to put it on the internet and uh, just work that angle. Yeah. All right. Well, that's great. I mean, I didn't say that in my email. I didn't say it was impossible either, but I I tried to lay out what my um, path was to just, cause all I know is my own, um, you know, the, the path that I took, I don't know how to tell people other paths. I know the path that I took. So, uh, but I think that's a great idea. I mean, it's like, cause it is all about content, especially if you can do some kind of crowd work, if you can do crowd work and get laughs again, I don't even know where you would get that gig early on. Uh, but if there's a club in your, whatever city you're living in, I mean, start going down there, trying to do that open mic at the club and try to get yourself some hosting gigs, because that would get you some stage time. Yeah, because, you know, what I notice about you, Dusty, is you're you're very encouraging of people that want to do stand-up. You um, are always here to kind of give people some good vibes and positive energy. But it seems like the one type of comic that you uh, struggle to encourage are people with families at home. <laughs> Because you're just sort of like, I don't know how you can do that. Well, I just say, you know, it's like, I just, I just know from my own perspective that it's like. Like starting comedy with a family. Yeah. I mean, from, from my own perspective, it's like, it's hard for me to leave uh, my family on the weekends when, when that is our only source of income. My, my money comes from me doing comedy. So I have to go do the shows and it's hard for me to leave. Uh, when I want to go do new material Monday at Zany's, 
it always feels like um um I just feel so bad. I'm or Nate like, Land. Or Nate Land, yeah. Go go I got you know, I got Nate lives on the other side of Nashville for me. So it's like it's a forty minute drive for me to get to his house. So it's like I get home from the road and then we go film Nate Land on Mondays and it's like it can be hard, but it's like, you know, this is work. This is my job. So it's like if you already have a job that you go to and then you're also going to start doing comedy, it's basically like with comedy, you're getting an unpaid internship from something that may never turn into the job. So, you know, I think you just do it as a hobby, but record it. Because the camera, even if you even if you quit comedy, you can either sell the camera or use it for something else. You can always use it to make you know home videos or uh, a podcast or how to videos. You know the thing is the the thing really is is to just try to go viral on the internet. I mean that's the you know and and not even just not even viral, but just like have success on it. Viral is like like gambling. You, you may get it, you may not. Who knows? But success on the internet is just putting in the work, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. Also, here's something that happened this weekend. I did. We had CMA Fest. We've not talked about this, right? Mm-hmm. So CMA Fest was in town last weekend, and I I got to do. I, I they had asked me about doing a show, and I think about 2019 I hosted a tent, uh, or I hosted a stage where, you know, various country singers were on it and I introduced them. And I thought it'd be really fun because I thought I could get up and do some jokes in between. And and there there was some of that early on before the crowds came. But once the crowds got there, they were like, no, just go out there, introduce the next guy. Let's just keep it going. And I was like, oh man, this is not fun. And, uh, but this year I got to do 45 minutes at 11.45 a.m. So I showed up to the convention center in downtown Nashville, uh, got in, and uh, I was going on at 11.45, so I had to get there about 10.45, and the person on stage doing an interview before me was Reba McIntyre. The queen. Yeah, so I'm like, oh, man, I'm going to be following Reba McIntyre, and it was packed. Like, people were packed in there to see Reba, and I thought for sure when Reba's gone, so is the audience. And Reba got off stage and came backstage where me and my friend Evan Burke are standing. And there's also a bunch of other people back there. They're not with us, but there's a bunch of other people back there. So it's not like she left the stage and entered into a green room with just me and Evan. She came backstage, and then she walked right up to me, shook my hand, shook Evan's hand, and was basically like, you know, hey, great to see you. Have fun out there. And I was like, I was like, wow. I mean, the fact that Reba McIntyre even knows what I look like uh, is pretty amazing. She's a class act. Yeah. And she stood there like we were buddies for a second. And I thought, man, I wanted to try to get a picture with Reba. But I was like, I felt weird. I'm like, she made me feel like I'm her friend. So much so that I'm afraid to be like, hey, can I get a pic with you? This is what you do because this is what happened. You say, listen, my wife wants me to get a picture with you. Oh, yeah. Because I did ask you to get one. Did you? Yeah. Well, it was uncomfortable. You know I love Reba. Well, I know you do, but it was uncomfortable. I know, but she would have done it. I know she would have done it, but I hate asking. All right. 
I mean, I hate asking. Don't feel guilty, honey. I'm not trying to shame you. It felt like you were. Though. I'm not. Though your tone even changed. Oh, anyway. you just love me so much. You like doing things for me. Yeah, I mean, I, I um, but um, <laughs> that's what I think. So, um, <laughs> so that was exciting, though, that I got to meet Reba, and then the show went it well, sure and is. people were not gone. But it's pretty hard. I mean, this was a giant convention center room. Like these are, you know, like the kind of room that I went to see uh, my friend Apples in Colorado when he was doing the RV show. Like that kind of room, just a giant room. And most of the room was set up like uh, a county fair without um, without the rides. You know, just a bunch of booths where they're doing things and selling things. And then there was an area that was roped off. And then they had a stage and it was a nice setup, but you know, you're doing comedy and there's still a, a whole world going on right around you and it's tough. Uh, but it was really fun to do 45 and that, that you had a setup. good time. Yeah. I got a partial standing ovation. Oh, you didn't tell me that. Yeah. There was a portion of the audience that, that really stood for me. Uh huh. So that was a lot of fun. I think that's the truth of most standing ovations. I doubt most people in every standing ovation wants to stand, but then they get socially pressured to do it. I think people are lying about their standing ovations. Do people you? always say, I got a standing ovation. And I- Oh, and you I, don't even believe they exist. No, I believe they exist, but but I believe that pe a lot of people are lying about them. Uh -huh. Because I have I always say I've never gotten a standing ovation. Um, but, uh, you know, I've gotten s several- partial standing ovations <laughs> but i've never got I, I don't ever feel like i've ever gotten and maybe my taping maybe they stood but I, to me that doesn't count that, it's like you've come to a taping and i did a good job and now you're standing for what I, I, it doesn't count listen i hate to break it to you but when i saw the raging cajun in virginia beach in 2015 i'll never forget it that man got a standing ovation every night well, and I witnessed it. Well, well, that's what I'm saying, though. They exist, and I don't think everybody's lying about them, but I think a lot of people are lying about them. Yeah. I think if t you know 10 or 12 people stand in the audience, they'll go, I got a standing ovation. Well, that's what I mean, is I think there's only like ha maybe generously half the audience wants to stand, and then the other half is, oh, I don't want to be rude. I won't if I'm in an and audience. I don't want someone's butt in my face in front of me. If I'm in an audience and the standing ovation starts like that, but I don't feel like they deserved it, I don't stand. I respect that because it's like, listen, it could be a good show and I can really enjoy it. Yeah, but a standing ovation, it really needs to be an extraordinary show. Yeah, and that's why I think I don't get a lot of them. Not that my show's not very good, but I'm a comedian, and I'm. Just doing comedy. I'm not running around on stage. I'm not yelling. I'm not sweating. That's why I think John Morgan gets so many standing oh, ovations yeah. because he puts so much energy into the show that you're just like, wow, that guy did that for an hour. Well, yeah, it's like I'm the, just extremely funny and witty for an hour. It's like the applause break when people get applause breaks in a joke. Usually you're not applauding because it's funny per se. Although, although it is, but usually you're applauding because of the technicality, the technical skill of it. Yeah. Like, you know, like a long winded joke. Like if or you think you the guy's going to list three things and then he lists 40 and you're like, whoa, did not see that coming. That was very skillful. And he said it very quickly. That's, that's, that's technically well crafted. Yeah. 
And that's what I think an applause break usually is, is the technique of it as opposed to the humor. Yeah. And so maybe that's what the uh, standing ovation is, is just the- They're like, hey, we didn't laugh a lot, but we want you to let you know we really appreciate it. Yeah, we it. appreciate the effort. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, and I work with John, the first time I ever worked with John Lovitz was in Lexington, Kentucky at Comedy Off-Broadway. And I announced that I'd be featuring for John Lovitz. And people, a couple people started contacting me, like, have you ever worked with John Lovitz? And I was like, no. And they were like, oh, it's real weird. They were like, you're going to crush it this weekend. He's not very good. People are saying that to me and I go, oh, okay. Because I was always a fan of John Lovitz. I like him. So um, I get there. The Thursday show uh, is John's show on Thursday was so bad. And I crushed. I mean, I destroyed in there. And his show was so bad that I could not understand what happened. And then the rest of the weekend, he got standing ovations every show. So I don't know what happened that one night, but he was way off. I don't know either. Maybe he said something really weird off the top. Um, yeah. I don't know. I don't know. All right. Here's a few emails from uh, last week's podcast. Okay. Uh, this is directed at you. Hannah. Oh. Hey, sweet lady. I just wanted to let you know that you're the sane one for not losing your mind over seeing random dogs in the street. I have two dogs and I do love them, but they're dogs. I can't stand that people want to stop and talk to them and ignore me and my kids. That's <laughs> so weird to me. Right. Um, all of this to say... Uh, our culture worships dogs. You're right. The culture is wrong. It's not a soft thing to say, but it's true. Be blessed, and I hope you're in labor. If not, I hope you're sleeping well. Thank you, honey. That's so sweet. Um, uh, you know, that's funny. When I was at Zany's on Monday, I did New Material Monday, which is, goes on most Mondays. If you're, if you're ever looking for a show in Nashville to see, New Material Monday is usually cheap. You can usually win free tickets on the internet if you follow Zany's online. Um, and you never know who you'll see. A lot of times, uh, Nate will be there, John Chris, Steve Byrne, me, uh, several other people, Aaron Weber, Brian Bates, lots of local funny people you'll see down there. Um, but I did that this Monday and I did a joke and it's, it's an older joke that I just didn't do on the special, but I, I'll probably keep doing it. But I just talk about how, you know, I have road rage and I'll say, um, but I'm not flipping people off, you know, and it's easy to calm me down. All you got to do is give me a little wave. You can do whatever you want out there. You give me a little wave. You know, I said, you can run over a bunch of dogs out there. You give me a wave. I'm like, Hey, I didn't see them either. You know, but I said dogs, right? Before I was saying ducks and I should have just kept with ducks, but I said dogs and the audience like gasp. And I was like, I was like, you guys are so weird. I was like, I should have never said dogs, right? If I'd have said kids, you guys would have been like, ha, 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 ha. But I said dogs. So you're like, oh, no, don't run over the puppies. Mm -hmm. Yeah, the kids, fine. Actually, I used to have a dog on my album, Making That Fudge. I have a, a, a joke about dogs. And it, I would say over and over on that because they're dogs. You know, I said something like uh, when we left uh, to go on vacation, our dogs getting, didn't get sad because – uh, they had no idea what we were doing, you know, stuff like that. Uh, all right. So here's another one. Dusty and Hannah don't like dogs. Unsubscribe. 
Just kidding. In all seriousness, Dusty, I totally agree with you about sharing your ice cream. If your wife cannot understand your system of eating and respect it, marital counseling may be necessary. And Hannah, one or three bites of someone else's ice cream is not going to do anything for you. You have your own. Just eat one or three bites of it and leave the other party alone. Listen, American to an American, I respect your opinion. You're allowed to have it, but you're wrong. Uh, he goes on to say, I love listening to you on the Nate Land podcast, and I always look forward to the We're Having a Good Time uh, podcast. Really enjoy your Bible talk. I don't always agree with everything you say, but it does challenge me to dig and read a little bit deeper. That's all we're looking for out here. I don't think you're ever going to find anyone that agrees with what you're saying in the Bible. <laughs> well, that's, well, I do find them. They come up to me and talk to me. I find them. But not everybody's going to, but I do believe if you dig deeper and pray about the things that I say. You'll see Dusty's right. You will believe it. <laughs> uh, keep up the good work. I'm praying for the healthy arrival of your baby boy. Can't wait for your special to come out. Thank you very much. Here's another. Hey, Dusty and Hannah, I want to weigh in on the ice cream sharing debate. I eat ice cream a lot like Dusty. If my husband and I get ice cream and have already agreed to share, then it really isn't an issue. However, I love ice cream and will get some just for myself. If my husband wants a bite, I will share. I don't love it, but I'm not trying to argue about ice cream. If he wants a second, I'll share again, but ask if he wants me to get him some of his own. On the third bite, I would be irritated, but I would still give it to him. We share everything in our marriage, but sometimes I want to feel like I'm allowed to have something just for me. This mostly applies to food. On the flip side, I'm wildly offended on the rare occasion that my husband husband doesn't want to share with me. At the end of the day, I'm team Hannah when I want my husband to share his food with me and team Dusty when my husband or kids want to share my food with them. Amen, sister. And I thank you for that. <laughs> and I think Dusty needed to hear that. And I appreciate it. Here's another. This guy writes Dusty Dixley. <laughs> <laughs> In regards to sharing, because my middle name's Richard. In regards to sharing with your wife, here's my opinion. If your pregnant wife wants, okay, let me start over. If your pregnant wife works hard all day, to make you homemade cereal, she deserves to have some, at least a little bit. It's only fair. All right. That being said, Hannah has absolutely no right to your ice cream, especially since she has her own pint just sitting in the freezer. Is that it? That's it. Well, here, why don't we just give a little update about what happened to my pint of ice cream this past week? <laughs> Let's just give a, let's give our listeners a little update. So, you know, in case you didn't listen to last week's episode, Dusty won't share his pint of ice cream. So he'll buy me a pint of ice cream, right? And he'll say, if you want some, eat your own. Okay. Well, that's all good and fair. And that seems like a good system. Except folks, I want to be honest with you. Dusty not only ate his whole pint without sharing with it, me, but then he proceeded to eat my ice cream throughout the week. And I never did eat it. So is it really my pint of ice cream or is it all Dusty's ice cream? <laughs> is it all his? Well, That's this what is, I think. This is the thing, though. When we go get ice cream, it's like I'm always like, 
you know, do you want to go to this place and get a cone or for that same price, do you want to go to the grocery store and get a pint of it? You know, so we each have a pint, but this is, we're going out to get ice cream. It's an ice cream adventure. It's not, we're not stocking up for the week here or for the month. So, you know, I'll get my ice cream and I'll eat it. And Hannah likes to just leave hers in the freezer. It's just a little reminder when I open the freezer looking for a treat. <laughs> ooh, there's nothing else in here. But you know what there is? Uh, this this pint of ice cream just sitting in here. This ice cream that Hannah just refuses to eat. If it's not mine, she don't want it. <laughs> well, it's because I won't because if it was up to me, I wouldn't even buy any kind of tub you, of ice cream because it's obscene to have ice cream just sitting in your house. You know, ice cream is a delicate uh, enjoyment that you get a little cone here and there when you're out and about on a hot day and you just have it in that moment. And then you go home and you're like, OK, I had ice cream today. I'm good. I'm good for a long time. But you with your pints and taking them home and harbor them like a bear hibernating with ice cream. But I don't like, harbor them. I bring it home and I eat it. Well, see, that's the difference between you and me is like I don't I, I don't want to just eat it now that I'm at home. Now it's just there. Right. So it just it just sits in there and I'm like, I'll go, I'll look in the fridge looking for some snack. And then I'm like, well, let's just open the freezer, see what's in there. I open it up. What's in there? Hannah's ice, ice cream. cream. Hannah's ice cream. But it's just <laughs> hanging out in there. So I'll, I'll open it up and just have a little bite here and there. And then I'll put it back in there. And, and then, then over the course of seven days, it's gone. Yeah. And Hannah won't eat it. And I'll have a little more. Just a little, <laughs> and I'll whittle that away at it. Yep. And then it'll be gone. Yep. Mm -hmm. All right. Here's another. Of all the times to send an email, for some reason, I chose this one. It was the ice cream episode. The dynamic you and Hannah had throughout the conversation was hilarious and obviously relatable by so many. My son and I are the same way with pizza. Just tell me how many pieces I can have. Let's divide this up so I can work through my portion at my pace, not worrying about cutting you cutting into your portion because I will. And I agree with this. This is, I'm totally all about when it comes to pizza. If it's me and you, I'm like, all right, there's 10 pieces here. This is your five. These are my five. And I think you're okay with that too. Yeah. That system works for me and that's been an efficient system. Yeah. But if you were to only eat three and then put those other two in the fridge, I'm going to get them. Well, you are going to get them, but a lot of times you eat more than me. Yeah. Although there is something you, you have said about me from time and time again. Well, you know, Hannah's pregnant right now, but typically she is a very thin uh, lady and she'll say, and she'll eat a ton. And I, I'll say, you low key eat a lot. Like you eat a lot, but you can't tell. Yeah, I do. All right. So here, here's a Hannah made reference to you being selfish, likely half kidding, but I do think men are innately more selfish than women. And I know for me, it can be a constant battle. I know we're only talking about ice cream here. However, something hit me as I listened. I thought of all the times my dad would lose half of his French fries, Pepsi, ice cream, chocolate bar, or whatever, because my mom wanted just a bite. All of those just the bites were opportunities my dad recognized early on, drew them closer and closer. My dad loved my mother with every fiber of his being and shared most things with her right up until the day he died in July of 2015. I am positive you share a lot with Hannah, including your money, because as we learned, she has none. Also hilarious. <laughs> 
<laughs> As we learned, she has none. <laughs> but it's the small things that can make the more significant connections. Love the podcast. Let's get some Toronto dates out here. I'm an hour north of there. Oh, what, do you live in Peterborough? Yeah, I don't know. I feel like Peterborough is about an hour and a half, isn't it? Yeah. Um, you live in Barrie? Markham? And then he left a Bible verse for me to check out. I don't actually, I don't think I read that email before. I, I always read them and I just feel well, like. Well, I'll, I'd like to comment. I appreciate you sharing that. And it felt heartfelt. And I'm sorry that you've been hurt before. And I'm sorry that your dad has been hurt before. And I do know that there are women out there who will say, I just want to bite and eat half the fries. Okay, I know that there are. We all, if we're honest with ourselves, know that there's women out there that are eating their husband's food and in denial about it and acting all innocent. I will state on the record, I don't do that. I don't eat my husband's food. And I'll tell you something else. When I cook food and we're down to the last chicken wing, I'll give it to my husband. And I think Dusty can attest to that. I'll say, you have it. And he'll say, no, you have it. And I say, no, I want you to have it. And you know what? I do want him to have it. Yeah, she does. But when it comes to ice cream, this SOB will not share with me. Yeah, I mean, but that's just it. I, I plan in advance not to share. I go, all right, I know I'm not going to want to share this. Let me get Hannah some. Anyways, there's no use trodden over this cattle trail again. But All right, here's another one. Bro, Ben and Jerry's for the win. I do the same thing. Guard the, guard the deliciousness with your life. Ha ha. I also enjoy the outdoors and have done some landscaping projects recently. It's just good for the soul. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. Uh, I feel like there was, uh, I wanted to see this one. Um, I got one. Uh, about, oh, here's something uh, in regards to, I got a lot of baby names ones. We don't know what we're going to name the baby yet, but we didn't want to do three podcasts in a row where we talked about baby names. So I'll just read this part of this email. Also, this is in regards to the algae in the water in Opelika. Opelika is inside of Lee County. I also, I live in Lee County and I feel like they are gaslighting us about the water. Last year, the tap water tasted nasty. This year, not quite as bad. The waterworks put out a thing last year saying it's an algae bloom that happens every year at this time and the water tastes bad, but it's safe. We've lived here a total of 17 years and never remember this problem. We live in Beulah. So maybe the bad water doesn't always get out there. That sounds about the shadiest thing that I could ever hope to hear from a public official. And I would question it. I would protest it. And I would put them on blast online and hold them accountable to show some receipts on how that could possibly be safe. I was told by a local business owner in Opelika that they have appointed this water board in in Opelika that no one seems to have any authority over. The water board is like <laughs> untouchable. The water board sponsored by algae. Yeah, yeah. 
So they're like, they're untouchable. So uh, nobody can do anything to them. So they're like needing to get the water fixed, but the water board's like, nah. The water board is just there to not fix the problem because it probably costs so much money that they're like, ah, just let them poison. Yeah. It's real sad. It, it is, and I'm making jokes, but that's what I say. I would I would protest it and put it on blast. This guy. And most importantly, don't drink the water. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Get yourself a Berkey, a yeah. Berkey water filter. They're really great. Um, this guy was mainly talking about uh, the name Duke. If we named him Duke Richard, that he figured that the kids, if he went to school, all right, here, I'll just read the email. Hey, Dusty, long time caller, first time listener. I like the name. That is how he wrote it. Uh, I like the name, but the juvenile part of my brain keeps thinking about the teasing he might endure if kids figure out Duke Dick, <laughs> uh, you know, pronounced Dookie Dick as a comedian who tells a great Dookie joke, also off the Making That Fudge album. I am sure this has already crossed your mind. It has. But just wanted to point out, just in case it has not. Has not. Also, I brought my parents to see you in Atlanta. They had never heard of your comedy before. Needless to say, we had a good time. Really enjoy your podcast. Would love to hear Stu and or your dad on the podcast at some point. The podcast with your mom is one of my favorites. I love that. Yeah, I'd love to get them both on here. I don't know when I'll ever see Stu again, um, but I'd love to get my dad on here. He will come up for a visit soon. I should get him on the podcast. What a treat if you could get your dad. Oh, your dad, your dad's accent is out of bounds. It's just <laughs> yeah, the funnest yeah. sounding thing you could ever hope to hear. But, you know, my dad likes to talk a lot, but I feel like when the mic, my dad's not done a lot of stuff like this. So when the mic gets turned on, I think it's uh bit of a different situation for him well that's fine so um let's see we took some notes here to make sure that we could stay on track oh and the neighbors oh oh we talked about um uh little neighbor up we talked about our one neighbor janie and jerry they're off to one side of us and then the other neighbor is our new neighbor the neighbors that moved in that had the you know the little tractor they were driving at all hours of the night. Well, he's really had a complete turnaround with the front yard. He, he took his little tractor and he scraped all the grass off the yard and reseeded it and redid all his flower beds. And it looks great. The, the yard is cleaned up, but something died in his backyard, I think. Uh, I couldn't because we have fences dividing it and I don't know that it was in his backyard, but I smelled something dead and I'm always walking my yard. I mean, if something's dead out there, I'm going to find it. So it wasn't dead in my yard, but something was dead. I could smell a dead rotting animal in the area. And then one day I'm out in the yard, still smelling the smell. And I hear this loud, uh, like something heavy stepping on some aluminum. And I look up and there's a giant buzzard on my neighbor's house on his chimney, which has got a little aluminum on the top. And then I see two more buzzards up there. And then I see more buzzards in the tree. Now this guy has a dog. So I'm sure the buzzard's like, well, we want to get to that, but there's a dog in there. So the next day or later that day, I see my neighbor out in the yard and I go, hey, you got some buzzards up in your tree right now. And he goes, oh, hold on a minute. 
<laughs> and he goes to the garage and he gets a 22 rifle out <laughs> like like he's going to kill the buzzards and create more of a buzzard type problem. She's going to have dead rotting buzzards in the backyard. I'm like, I'm just making conversation. This is my version of asking the 70 year old, do you smoke weed? I'm like, hey, you got buzzards on your roof, <laughs> you know? And he goes and gets a gun. Yeah, exactly. Sorry about that. Hold my beer. Let me take care of these birds. Yeah, I mean, I never let, seen. Let me, let me shoot off this gun in the middle of the suburbs. Yeah, I mean, I never seen anything like that in my life. <laughs> I grew up in the country, and I don't know one person that shot a buzzard. Yeah, and his shirt was off too, so it was perfect. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I was like, I came outside. I don't know what the hell's going on out here? <laughs> Yeah, so. And then his wife is like, oh, this is Nathan's, which is their, like, nine-year-old son. Yeah. I was like, okay. But, and then they had fireworks shooting off last night. I don't know what was going on last night. I guess it's flag day. Oh. But I, I'm so, I am pretty tired of fireworks. It's like, it's like fireworks are now like a rare steak. It's like, you're not patriotic if you don't like fireworks. And I'm like, I like the idea of fireworks on 4th of July. That's when I like them. Because my understanding is when they celebrated Independence Day for the first time, they celebrated it by shooting their guns uh, as a symbol of, you know, fighting for freedom or something like that. So I'm like, all right, so we'll- They had fireworks on the first 4th of July. Oh, okay. Yeah. So it's like, we'll celebrate this every year as a, as a, as a tradition for being this free country, free from England, um, if, if that is what we are. But, um, and, but it's like, now we're doing it on Flag Day and now we're doing it on New Year's. It's like, you know, I'm living in a neighborhood. I got doves nesting by my front door here. I'm trying to keep them alive and not scare them off. I just feel like we can't do lots of fireworks all the time. I didn't know it was flag day until 9 p.m. last night when yeah. we started hearing gunshots. And then I'm like, what is that? And you said, well, it must be fireworks. I mean, no one's talking about flag day out here. Yeah. What, what, what seems like a waste of money. It's like, dude, July 4th is in two weeks. I know. Yeah, just take it easy. Yeah. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, it's just <laughs> excessive. Was there even anyone out on the pavilion watching these fireworks? I don't know. I had no idea. It they had were... to have just been everybody in their homes complaining about the sound of fireworks. Yeah. Because I feel like we all like fireworks if we're watching the fireworks, but we all hate them if we're not watching. Yeah. Yep. All right. Well, hey, if you got any um, emails about, um, you know, stories where you put your foot in your mouth over something, we can read those on the podcast. Yep. I like this. I like that we got some ice cream responses and we can read those. Mm -hmm. That's really fun. Um, oh, I wanted to talk about, I look, I read the story at the David and Goliath story today. And I just think that's interesting because, you know, we always get fed the idea of David and Goliath that David, it's all about small man defeating a giant sort of thing where it's like, you know, so they'll, they'll do whole write-ups on conquering the giants and this and that. And it'll be Bible studies on what's the giants in your life, you know, and I, I get that's all fine. But as I'm reading it, I'm like, 
this is really not necessarily about small man defeating a giant. It's about the small man or boys faith in God and unwillingness to let someone trash God. I mean, this Philistine was basically trashing the army of God and trashing the country of God. And uh, I don't know if it's country of God, but they're, they're, they're soldiers fighting for Israel, for God. And David was like, nah, you're not going to do this. You don't trash my God. You don't tra- who, who do you think you are? And, and he was just a small boy that talked to a giant that everyone else was afraid of because he had the spirit of God. And he did have the spirit of God because Samuel had just anointed him. And I just think it's so interesting. And it, it really has very, it's just showing that with the faith in God, you can conquer anything. And I just think that, you know, it's like we often can get so like ashamed to share God or afraid to share God with people because, you know, I mean, so many people get so turned off to it or whatever, but we're afraid to share. And it's like, you know, there's no need to be afraid. If we have faith in God, then God fights for us. Amen. You know, I just think it's great. I think it's a great message. It's in first Samuel. Um, if you never read it, I believe it's like chapter 15 or 16, something like that. I just read it today, but I don't remember what, and I just think it was great. And I, I, I never really read it that way. Why do you think God made you suddenly interpret it like this? I don't know. I mean, I just think that is the way to interpret it. Mm-hmm. I just think that we focus on a little boy versus a giant defeating him with a slingshot versus, you know, the words that actually came out of his mouth. Yeah. Being a, probably pride is not the right word, not not being a proud Christian, but being a, you know, as somebody that's not afraid to say what you believe. Yeah. And I mean, also the guy was a little sure of his own abilities. You know, he's like, when they were like, you can't go fight that. He goes, hey, a bear and a lion came and took one of my sheep. And I went and I took that lion, I took that sheep out of that lion's mouth and the sheep tried, and the lion tried to come at me and I grabbed that lion by the beard. That's right. I killed it. That's right. And he said, you know, and I forget it. I forget all the quotes, but I just think it really is about your faith in God. And I thought it was great. Don't ever let anyone tell you that you can't do something. Don't ever let Dusty tell you that if you're a 30 year old and you got a family that you can't do stand up, you can get out there and you do it. Absolutely. Absolutely. Hannah. All right. Let's go eat some ice cream. All right. All right. Okay. Thank you guys for listening. We're having a good time. Thank you.